0: Welcome all, welcome all, welcome back once again for another fantastic week of football coming down to the wire for baseball playoffs as well um just a great time of the year and uh, it's even better when both our teams win over the weekend so we're uh we're pretty happy campers over here at the uh new edition of this podcast dave and i talked about it wanted to change it up a little bit changing the podcast and uh dave are you pretty happy with the n- uh, never punt podcast you pretty you go you go with that
1: I, I am. I'm excited about it. Uh, I love the Northwest Sports Fix. We had a great uh, first inaugural season with it last year. Um, it's a great radio name. I'm not sure it was the best podcast name. I like the alliteration with the punt and podcast part. I like that it plays to Mike Leach a little bit, but it opens yeah. us up um, to just a lot of football in general, which um, you know we'll continue to be focusing on Seahawks and cougar football but um you know gives us a little bit of freedom to dabble in it's uh, a little bit uh what else might be going on around in the nfl or the rest of the country so i'm excited it's a grand kind of reopening i feel like it's a little bit of a reset for us in some senses yeah. uh, so uh, i'm excited it'll be fun and the the podcast um we we announced last week our our twitter handle um being northwest sports fix that's changed as well um right. so if you're already following the account then um you don't have to do anything if you see tweets now it's the, it's the at never punt pod um so if you haven't go check it out uh kurt and i like to i don't know put some pretty fun stuff some content up there um and uh yeah it's been fun
0: yeah I thought uh making a change a little bit uh I think kind of gets to the core of what we are all about here at the never pun podcast and that is about being very different and creative when it comes to our podcast content <laughs> so uh you know actually Dave you know it was kind of funny when when uh, we were we were talking about that and and going over that I ended up looking just googling like never pun. You, you, I don't know if you knew this, but there's actually a high school football coach out mm-hmm. there in Little Rock, Arkansas, mm-hmm. that uh, in his four years as a high school football coach has never punted and never kicked off a football <laughs> game. He's always gone for it on fourth down, and he always onside kicks every single time. He's won four straight cha- state championships. Is that That's crazy? Not- <laughs> Is that crazy? He had one point in one game. He had, um, bef- with the first, no, no, no. In the first quarter, they were up 29 nothing, and the opposing team had still never touched the football. They were up 29 nothing in the first quarter. And the opposing team had not had the football yet on offense.
1: That's amazing. Isn't
0: that awesome? I, thought, so I think good. it's awesome.
1: I had heard about that. I think he got popular a few years ago, but that's awesome to hear that that is still working. I I am definitely for it. it- if uh, if you cross the fifty, I feel like at least in college football, it, to me it doesn't really make any sense. It's a you know really a, a long you know down and distance over ten plus yards. Um, but if you cross the fifty, I feel like you definitely don't punt the ball. Right. I mean, think about it. If you're on the forty or something, so you feel like you're out of field goal range, uh, you punt the ball. It goes to the end zone. What it's on the twenty. Right. So you it's only twenty yards. maybe twenty yards. You know, that's it doesn't really it's. Or you have the opportunity to get a first down. If you get a first down there, you're going to have uh, probably three points being at least field goal range. Yep. Um, but, Kurt, you know what? We did see um, a team this last Saturday go for it on fourth down. didn't work out too well for them. That was the Oregon Ducks. Numerous uh, times. Early on in the game. But we'll be talking about them later. Um, we want to touch on uh, the Seahawks' <laughs> incredible, yep. very – uh Seahawks, I guess, like when now we're having getting used to this in particularly this year, um uh against the Rams. Kurt, we got we were we were blessed this weekend. You came down and we gotta watch it together. Um I have a question for you. I want you to describe the Seahawks game in one sentence if you could. I'll go first, so I'll buy you a little bit of time to think about it. Hmm. Um my sentence would be that we out-ramsed the Rams. I feel like what the how the Rams have usually beat us over the years with just just we're just out, just defense um, and just kind of frustrating stuff is what we ended up doing to them. Our offense um, was pretty stagnant, which was a little bit par for the course, uh, but our D line was incredible against an offensive line that's been playing really, really well. Um, so you know we've been saying, hey, the defense gets all the money. Defense got to make the plays. The defense. Definitely made the plays, um, but uh, you were pretty yeah. pumped up about the game, Kurt. What What do you think if you could if you could wrap it up in one sentence, a summary? I know. Or how, your thoughts so, on the so, game? What would you say? So,
0: what are they? They're, we're uh, Hawks are two and two right now. No, th- they're three, three, and, three two. and two. They're three and two. Yeah. Um, so we're five weeks in. That that uh, that game this weekend was season changing. I'll tell you right now, the game down there was season changing for these Seahawks. Um, that, that was, uh, that was kind of like the moment when Washington state last year beat Arizona state down in Tempe. Like it was just like this aura and this, just this monkey on your back. They had to find a way to get over because they could not find a way to get wins on the road against St. Louis. And they were able to go down there and do it. I just I honestly didn't have a lot of confidence that we were able to pull off that win. But sure enough, the defense showed up again, and man, we—they certainly surprised me. They, they probably didn't surprise a lot of you out there, but it definitely—they definitely did surprise me in the fact that we our offense didn't wilt away, which I felt like in some cases in these grinded out games that we've been in in the years past where the offense just could not get it done and just wiltered away while the defense is out there still trying to do it. Um, you know, for example, the the um, Cardinals game last year or even the Rams game on the road last year as well. I mean, there's plenty of examples over the last few years where you've seen the defense do its part, but the offense can't, can't carry its weight. But I think down there we actually saw the Hawks pull their weight on offense and make things happen when they needed to make them happen on offense. A lot of it had to do with the opportunistic defense, too. The defense just played out of their minds. shutting down the number one offense in the NFL, holding them to 10 points. And yet again, for another week of this 2017 campaign, the Seahawks have left an opponent emptiness in the second half. So that just tells you right there, that is just incredible to watch. And I think this is season changing. I I think there's just so much. I think the guys were a little bit um, skeptical going down there. I I mean obviously they're NFL players; they're paid to go down there and perform and win and and. Uh, but I just had this sense that they just weren't going to be able to put it together on the road this time around again, and they did, and they looked like the classic Seahawks we've seen. And I think that just that momentum that there is huge momentum going to, into the bye week and um now you have this now you have this nine game stretch coming up Dave where you're probably gonna be favored in every one of them yeah a lot of them at home and uh I mean yeah you're gonna have to, you're gonna set yourself up real nicely for the rest of the season because of what you've been able to do so I, I think there's a couple stars that came up in the game I thought uh Jimmy Graham said that he is alive still. Um, barely breathing.
1: You called um, two touchdowns. You got one of them. I
0: know he did. I thought he was going to get another two, but uh, yeah, that was huge. That was certainly huge for um, the Seahawks to get him involved. I still think like when they get the ball, give him the ball, Dave. Is like I just feel like there's some sort of lackluster effort still. Like, yeah, like that third down attempt when he just like <laughs> didn't even try to like elude the defender.
1: He just like, took. He just literally slowed down, took a hit, fell on his back. No one of his catches. Yeah, was like, was uh, he wasn't. He wasn't even no, really wanting to go forward at all. No,
0: that. and that was a big third down we needed. And he, it was just zero effort to find a way to get an extra yard on you know, the play. And it was. It's. I don't know. I just have seen this a little bit from Jimmy this this season more in particular. Just sort of like this lackluster effort.
1: I agree. There. Yeah, I agree. There was definitely. I mean, it was good to see him with a touchdown. It was good to see him. Um, you know, he got set out wide. Uh, seemed like a bit more in this game, playing more wide receiver. Uh, I think he's really talented. I want to get him involved. I think all Seahawks fans basically feel like he's really talented, but people are just frustrated with some of the production that we end up seeing. Um, you know, for me, the game it was just kind of like this. I don't know. It was. It just feel like every time we play the Rams, it's just a poop show. Like just something. Ridiculous happens where it's like, you know, they get this crazy punt return or it comes down to like this fourth down play in the games. You know, like it's just like a 13-10 kind of game. I mean, this is a game that had Tanner McAvoy throwing an interception. You know, some guy named Tyler Higby was killing us, I felt like, on third down in particular. Goff picked up a big third down with his feet. And then our defense was also making, you know, just plays all over the Earl Thomas karate chop 2.0. Okay, I think previously the first one he did against the Rams, uh, it was I think it was for Thanksgiving like three-ish, four years ago maybe, um, which I know has been all over the highlight reel. I thought that was maybe Earl Thomas' best play ever when he did that. He karate chopped the ball, and then he tapped yeah. it out of bounds. It was so against the Rams, back. yeah. Against the Rams. I never thought I would see that happen again, and then he literally did the exact same thing against Todd Gurley. That is an unreal play. That is – a unreal play you not only stop uh, a touchdown but you give the 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 offense the ball um, so that was that was fun I feel yeah. like just throughout the game though when ridiculous things were happening um, it was just kind of like of course of course that would happen you know um, we were clearly pumped up with that Sheldon Richardson uh, pick that Sheldon Richardson fumble recover which oh, really man. the Frank Clark strip sack that was that was awesome. A, Real Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle. I don't even believe he'd given up a single pressure all nope. year long. He'd been playing um, at really seemingly an elite level for a left tackle. I was up there in age. I think he's like 35, came over from the Bengals, but seemed like a great free agent pickup for them. And Frank Clark just stole his lunch. I mean, it was just straight up just beat him instantly, um, caused that fumble. But then it was just a roller coaster where I felt like. We were. I never. We were never really out of it. I mean, Blair Walsh was doing his thing. He made all those field goals. Good for him. But that last drive, it was like, is this really going to happen? I strangely had confidence that it wasn't going to work, even though they got that big first down, that big play, um, you know, to to move them across the fifty. I think it was. Um, it was just like the Seahawks. For some reason, when it comes down to this, when it comes down to late in the games, defense has to make a play, and it feels like we're about to get our, our hearts ripped out the defense makes a play, just like we did against Calvin Johnson in Detroit a few years back. Um, the defense, honestly, got a little lucky because Cooper Cup, who never drops a ball, it seems like, and seemed to never drop a ball at Eastern, dropped the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Dude, wide was, open. Wide that was open. A huge relief. Wide <laughs> um, open. Um,
0: but, and then the, I love how L.A. fans are also complaining about that last play of the game where they thought P.I. on uh, – Cooper Cup again in the end zone.
1: Yeah, they're never gonna call that. Even no. if it maybe last it, play even, of the game, no shot. There's, there's no way you're gonna call that. Uh, I don't think that that pass would have got completed anyways. Um, I mean, right. if we're gonna be really technical, um, you know, if they end up calling a flag, I could see the argument. The refs would be like, yeah, he got there, you know, just a half a step maybe before the right. ball was there. But the, I don't know. I just feel like last play of the game, the refs just they don't they don't call that. That's kind of how that's just kind of for everyone in the league a little bit. Um, yeah. Also, when we talk about defense, um someone that Kurt, doesn't really come up on the stat sheet and is just kind of a very common name but really wasn't talked about that much is Richard Sherman completely shut down Sammy Watkins. Yes, I remember asking you during true. the game I said is, is Sammy Watkins playing? I thought maybe he was hurt and you were, I mean you were like me, you were like I I don't know, is he in the game? We don't even yeah. we haven't heard his name called once. I don't even know if they even throw the throw the ball to him. We had to kind of look a little bit closer to see who was out there. Sammy Watkins, who had had some pretty good games, is a very talented wide receiver. Uh, I mean, I, I think he, he got just about goose-egged in that right, game. Maybe, right. he had, maybe he had a catch or something. Um, so Sherman's playing really well. It's good to go into the bye. Hopefully, I mean, what, that – that hopefully we can get our run game going because the run game pretty much – Lacey and Rawls, and I know you're you're a Lacy guy. I'm a Rawls guy. Are you still yeah. sticking by that? Are you feeling like Lacy? Nah, I have no idea towards?
0: who's going to be able to run the football for this team. To be honest, I don't think anybody's going to be able to do it. So, yeah, I just think that this is going to be a grinded out game for both these teams on for both these guys behind the, behind the line. So, I think the running back position is going to be an interesting to watch throughout the season, Dave. One thing I also wanted to make note, one, the one thing I was thinking about when we were uh, trying to think about renaming the podcast. Yeah. Every Blade of Grass podcast. Ooh. That was one that really came to mind just because what we saw from Mr. Thomas twice now, saving yeah. football games, at the very last inch of the field <laughs> knocking the ball out in causing a fumble through the back of the end zone. Isn't it? It's just incredible to see what that guy can do from that position. So I just want to throw that in there, Dave. I, was- I
1: feel like that's maybe also a great podcast for lawn enthusiasts.
0: Yeah, good. Every like, you know, has. like if,
1: if there's just like some John Deere fanatic and he's scrolling through podcasts – and he's looking for something to listen to and he and he sees every blade of grass. He's like, you know what? This podcast is probably for me. Yep. Exactly. They're gonna talk about incredible lawn care as well. Maybe it could get confused Gosh. for, but I do like that idea. Jeez. That's been a mantra is to it's, defend it's, every blade of grass. That's exactly and, right. Uh, Seahawks have made it happen. So we talked a little bit about the run game and that offensive line struggling. I have a question for you. Uh what does Reese odiombo do exactly? What would you say? I kind of feel like office based like what what would you say he does? Here, there was a play where he
0: takes a coffee break every snap. I tell you,
1: Reese uh, Reese oh, a bad. linebacker, fake like he was gonna blitz. Reese Odiambo uh, kind of smacked his right hip, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna pick up, I'm gonna pick up this linebacker if he comes." The linebacker didn't come, so Reese did nothing. He literally blocked no one, and then our left guard also didn't have anyone. Um, Luke Jokel,
0: yeah,
1: and Russ got absolutely crushed. Th- pile-drived into the ground Ugh. and you can't tell me there's a worse offensive I mean I, I want to root for Reese Odeon but we drafted him he came from Boise State and I don't I don't know if it's he maybe needs a change of scenery maybe it's Tom Cable holding them back there's something going on there but you can't tell me that anyone else would do worse I, I feel like we're at rock bottom I mean people hated Okung they gave him a lot of flack the, you know we are sorely missing Russell Okung at this Big point. Big time. We Big will time. take all those false starts. Big to time. Have Russell Okung back. We we brought in Brandon Albert, um, uh, who uh, I think it made some Pro Bowls back in the day with the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm not wrong. Yep. Um, and and he came in town. He left. Um, Luke Jokel is going to have surgery on a knee over the bye week. He'll be out for a little while. Um, so that's that's not a good sign. Uh, the line doesn't seem to be getting any better. And I just I I, I can't. I I don't I I would love to get in the minds of the coaches and and, um yeah, just the front office on what they're thinking of the left tackle, if they're as frustrated as we are, or if or if they're if they're being hopeful. Um is there any fix? Is there any any thought you think the Seahawks not at this point make?
0: Not at this point. I mean that's just you're still you're still either free agency away, you're gonna either have to make a trade and we talked a lot of talked a lot about maybe looking at looking
1: uh Dwayne Brown was what, a was a hot name yeah, recently well, for the Texans. Well
0: using Jimmy Graham as a piece to to trade away and try to find an offensive lineman. So yeah. I mean that's really what's gonna come down to is that there's that's gonna come down to a trader you're gonna have to draft and develop. I mean that, or, free agency has deemed this team too expensive in the last but few we, off
1: seasons. We definitely cannot it does we it doesn't feel like we can draft and develop. No, well, it, it just feels like some franchises really struggle with certain positions. And some are great franchises, and some are bad franchises. I mean, Denver struggled with their quarterback situation for a while. I mean, it's easy to pick on the Browns, say so they pretty much struggle with everything. Their O-line actually has had some good, um, some good growth. But it seems like the Seahawks... We can find diamonds in the rough in a lot of positions. I mean, Russell Wilson obviously it's famed for being a third round pick. Um, you know, we've got wide receivers. You know, we had free agents that have come in, and we've we've drafted some. Uh, Doug Baldwin being, you know, a guy we didn't even draft, undrafted free agent that's done well. Defensive line, clearly the defense we're really good at doing, but the O line, it's just it's just it's impossible for us. I mean, we have put a lot of draft capital towards that, and every year it feels like for the last four years, I'd say maybe. It's, what's our biggest need? Oh, we got a draft offensive lineman early in the draft. And yeah. we took um, Pocic, um or Posic, I, I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing his Pocic. name quite right, um, from LSU in the second round, and he seemed like a pretty promising um, guy. And he hasn't, I don't know if he's touched the field once yet. He hasn't. Um,
0: he hasn't, but I guess they're just wanting to develop him a little bit more before they throw him in the fire. That's what they've been saying. So... That's what the coaching staff's been saying is that they yeah. want him to be developed and not be thrown in the fire and and uh, lose a bunch of his confidence. I guess is what it comes down to. So, man, um, tough situation. It's tough, but you know what? Uh, Pro Football Focus came out and said that uh, Seattle's offensive line right now is the 27th best offensive line in in the in the league. I think that's a huge step in the right <laughs> direction for this, which is as terrible as it sounds. That's huge.
1: So low. Oh, it's
0: huge! It's huge for these guys um, to not be the worst in the the league right now.
1: Yeah.
0: Honestly, I didn't think a lot of that last weekend was on the offensive line. I thought there was a lot of lot of different reads. You know, if you look at the highlights um, or if you look at the game tape of this last weekend, that Russell missed a ton of reads. Like he just missed some wide open guys, and I just don't think Russell was quite on his game this last yeah. Sunday, and he just wasn't in the groove. The running game, though, is a, is still a concern, but the running game is still not going to get better if the offensive line doesn't get better. So it's all kind of a circular motion in a way, and, and I think this offense, this offense will continue to get better as the season goes on. They've always proven that. They've always shown that um so I think this is still a work in progress I don't think we're in a, as bad of a situation as last year to be honest Dave I don't think we are I think we're in a little bit of I think we're in a little bit of better situation than last year maybe even two years ago and uh, this offensive line can build off some but Riso Diombo he's that's bad um it sounds like a Fed is really being the is really the only guy that's that we've been able to develop into a somewhat competent yeah. offensive lineman, but still not still not yeah still not. He has been
1: playing better, but boy, he's still yeah, just still I not
0: good. Like, and and Luke Cholco, you haven't seen good. a lot of people hail on him, um, you know, get on his butt about his performance. So I would yeah. have to think that what he's been doing is is uh, productive, I guess. I, so, I think if you go
1: from the, I mean, I said this in preseason, so stand I feel like if you can get to around the twentieth best offensive line. Then this could be a Super Bowl team. Um, I don't know if they're going to make that kind of a leap, but you know what we were talking about earlier—the running game. You know that is so important for the Seahawks team uh, to get going, and uh, there are guys getting open. You know, um, you know, quick relation to the Cougs. You know, we we'll see Luke Falk take a lot of sacks, and we look downfield, and some a lot of the times, wide receivers aren't really getting open. Uh, it's not the case for the Seahawks. It feels like when you look downfield, there's some players that seem to stop. Yeah. Um, but there are guys open. Either Russ doesn't have time, or he's ro- he's bailing on his pocket a little bit early and rolling into pressure, which doesn't doesn't help. Or um, or yeah, he's just missed some guys. Um, right. I mean, I really think Russ is a great uh, passer. Uh, I think if he has time, um, the 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 dude could could be borderline MVP. I think he has that kind of talent. Um. But it is frustrating to watch. You're right where the CX have shown time after time that we seem to catch our stride in the latter half of the season. We figure out the offensive line. I just wonder why it takes eight to ten weeks every single year, year after year after year, to figure out the offensive line, how it seems like you'd want them to kind of learn from last year and build off of last year and how they finished last year and bring that momentum into the next year. But it, like, it resets. It's like any of the momentum they had in the second half offensively completely just dead um, for that next year. Right. And it's just it's just uh, kind of frustrating to watch. But I think nonetheless, you're right. Being 3-2, having the tiebreaker over the Rams in division, and really revealing that the Rams, they're kind of what maybe we thought they were, um, which was uh, overrated. You know, their offense, like you said, the highest scoring offense in the NFL. People were all about Goff right now, saying maybe he does maybe you know more or less start to justify um, being the first overall pick. He still played well, uh, especially that last drive. He made the plays to win the game. Right, um, But he's, he's not what he has been. I mean, he plays a good defense, um, you know, and even when he played uh, Redskins, which are uh, pretty, you know, not quite as good as us, but a sound defense, struggled more. Um, and so I, th- I think we'll see the Rams mellow out a little bit. Um, what do you think? What do you think the Rams will finish record wise if you were to if you were to give a prediction?
0: I think they're going to actually finish I think they're going to be okay. I think um, they're obviously going to lose these two, but I think they're going to sweep both the the 49ers and um um Cardinals. The Cardinals. So, they're going to get four, they're going to get four wins right there. I think um, I honestly think they're going to be somewhere in the realm of 9 and 7. Maybe, okay. maybe ten, ten and six. Really? I think ten and six could be. I think they're a good team. I mean, they their defense is solid. Their defense is not bad, and they well, do their have Their run some,
1: defense is pretty bad. in yeah, bottom bottom tier. Yeah. after playing us, their run defense got boosted. because Yeah, were so because bad, we couldn't but, run uh, the ball. But I think,
0: uh, but I think there's still an opportunity for them to to really grow on their three and one start now three and two, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think they could win nine or ten games. I think that offense, Jared Goff is coming around a little bit, and uh, they're still not going to be any. They're not going to be a pushover when they come into Seattle either. And that's still going to be very a, well they, win that uh, game. They, I mean, that's still uh that's still, still going to be a tough tough ball game. So I'm not going to count them out. I think they're going to be a much better ball club. They, I think they're just going to be just on the outskirts of making the playoffs.
1: I'm going to maybe a little more pessimistic. I'm not trying to be um, you know, a, a hater here, just through the Seahawks glasses. Um, but you know, it's kind of tough for me to go with a team to pick a winning record until I've really seen it. Um, I don't think they're going to sweep the Cardinals, the 49ers. I think one of those teams will, will beat them at least once. Um, I don't know. Last year, the 49ers beat the Rams. Now it's last year's a whole different coaching staff. But they beat them like 28-0. Right. I think actually – 49ers' only two wins were against the Rams last year. Yeah. Um, I see one of those teams beating them at least once. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they came, went into Seattle and, and beat us there. But I, I don't see us losing very many games at home for for the Seahawks. So uh, I see an 8-8 eight eight team. But I think it's still a positive step for the Rams. I think at the end of the year being 8-8, eight eight, um, you know, it won't be something to, that they'll hang their heads about. I think they'll right. feel – Still hope and optimism going into the year, and probably that next year, which the Rams always seem to be for the last four years, they'll be people's kind of darling pick right. uh, for the future. Well, um, look, so look, I think it'll be I think it'll be an eight and eight eight and eight year.
0: I'm just looking at their schedule right now, Dave, and I don't know. I see at least the next few weeks for them look. Uh, they don't look that. It doesn't look that tough. they I have. Mean, uh,
1: the Rams have been and will continue to be a team that can seem to other beat than, anyone and lose to anyone. So Other I than feel the, like Jaguars, they, the Jaguars, the yeah,
0: Jaguars are playing better. So you do have the Jags next for them. Then you go Cardinals, Giants, Texans, Vikings, Saints, Cardinals. I think you could still win about five, four games in that stretch. And then you got the Eagles tough, Hawks tough, Titans tough. Then you end up with the 49ers again. Winnable game. So... I don't know. I think you got about you know one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, five Count more games up. left. Five or six more games left, which would put them right at nine, nine wins.
1: So all right, I'll stick with eight. We'll see okay. if we can remember all the way to the yeah. end of the year. To we'll come see what back happens. This, see how we felt so, about it. So,
0: anyways. It'll be interesting to see now. Hawks are on the buy. Good, good. Not a not a great week to have a buy, but it's not a bad week to have a buy. Yeah. Um. You like to have a buy more in the middle of the season, maybe leaving a little bit later. Um, some portion in like the third quarter of the season, you'd like to have a buy when you've gone a pretty long stretch and now get a breather before you crank it up for a playoff time. So, but this is not a bad time because the Hawks are a little banged up. And I think it's going to be a good week for them to get uh, get healthy. Um, get precise back. Yeah, get precise back. Get uh, Doug fully healthy. Get a lot of those defensive uh, – like um, Bennett is having a foot issue. Um,
1: Who knows yeah, about Cliff Averills. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't sound like scary. Cliff Averill
0: might not even come back this year. Might not even come back to football in, in general. So Gosh, t- a t- t- tough situation for him. So we wish him the best. This is just a pretty good time. I would say it's a not a bad time to get a bunch of these guys that are a little banged up right now, get them healthy. So I think the body's coming at a, coming at a pretty good time for our beloved Seahawks. Um, yep. All right, Dave, let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's move on to the, I, w- I don't know, man, I would say the biggest highlight of the weekend. I'm going to say the best for last year. Oh, for sure. I think the with with Washington State going into Eugene and Oregon this weekend was incredible uh, for them to go on the road for the first time in a tough place to play against, I would say, a, a decent Oregon team. I don't know how, how well they're going to be without their starting quarterback this year. They're probably going to have a tough time these next few weeks, but – I would still say they're they're a they're a solid football team in the Pac-12 right now, and uh, the Cougs go in there, go on the road, and put together a pretty I would say a pretty dominant performance, um, blowing out the, blowing out the Oregon Ducks thirty-three to ten, and once again for the second time in a row or second time, this uh, this last weekend, Dave, that uh, one of our teams here in the Northwest shut down the number one offense in the country, so. It is a pretty, pretty fun time to be a Washington State Cougar.
1: Um, Kurt, once again, we're also blessed not just to watch the Seahawks come together, but to go to Eugene together um, to to witness that. My first away game, um, which I was a little bit nervous about um, because I really didn't want to lose um, particularly in Autzen, which – I think we both agreed that the most satisfying wins for the Cougs are against the Ducks or the Huskies. Um, and after losing, I think it was 12 years straight to the Ducks, um, we're now on a three-game winning stretch. So uh, you rolled down here Saturday morning from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you, myself, and uh, my roommate and friend Adam – uh, roll down Eugene. And you know what? I was told that week. So I was telling some people here in Portland, hey, I'm going out of the games, told some duck fans and stuff. Hey, you know, if there's anything cool doing Eugene, let us know. Um, and a lot of them said, you know, Oh, you know, I hope you have fun. Uh, I think you'll like it, but good luck with, uh, good luck with the, the duck fans because they're, they're brutal. They might yell at you. They might curse. They might curse you out. They might spit on you. Otson's um, a, a tough place to go into. The fans can be pretty hostile. And so I was, uh, you know, I was uh, a little apprehensive going into that game. But Kurt, we rolled down there, went to the Costco uh, to get a little uh, to get some uh, uh, hot dogs for the game, and then uh, followed that up with a campus tour from some of our friends that live down there. And you know what? The fans in Costco were really nice to us. Yeah, it was super nice. First time there told us some places to visit, walked around campus. um, And, you know, some people yelled go Ducks and stuff at us, but it was all pretty harmless for the most part. Um, And even during the game, uh, you know, we were with mostly Duck fans in front of us. We were pretty much all the way in the back, but it was still a good view. I I actually liked being back. I thought they were great seats. Duck fans could hear us in front of us. Um, But I felt like for the most part, Duck fans were were pretty pretty well behaved. What do you think about that?
0: I thought thought, – I thought the whole experience was pretty fun. I'll be honest. I thought it was all pretty yeah. great, and uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have a bad bad of a time, and it was a. I think Hudson's a really cool, interesting spot. Um, the stadium is interesting. You know, it was it was pretty interesting for how intimate and small that felt, but how loud that sucker got. So, yeah. that was uh that was a really cool experience for sure, and I think this is going to be a great. You know, great building piece for Washington State football moving forward. So, um, all in all, it was a fantastic day. It was a beautiful day for football too. Couldn't have got, couldn't perfect. have been couldn't have been any better. Um, I think that was just just a great day and uh, watching our, our our Washington State Cougars go in there and uh, take take down those Ducks in a pretty <laughs> dominant fashion. I would have to say, man, You're how didn't. fun! How fun was that first play? A uh, first play from scrimmage.
1: Yeah, that you had some fans actually draw back at you after that first uh first touchdown we scored. What what did uh, that fan say back to you? That she said fan? I was
0: worse than Husky fans, which is I felt like that was pretty hard to do, to be honest. So I mean, yeah, oh, she, she I was she, I was elated after we scored that first yeah. touchdown. I mean, who would not have been? So uh that was that was that was a lot of fun. Um you know, I think week in, week out we're just at least I am, pretty blown away by how our defense looks and yeah. how well they're playing with the guys they have. And I'm tired. I'm tired of all these guys out there talking about how we are going up against teams that are so depleted because of injuries. Get out of here with that garbage talk. You know who we have playing on defense? We had our third string um Linebacker. third string linebackers in there in our defensive. We, had, we were still missing a uh, aguayo I'm pretty sure a, a defensive right. yeah. lineman. Like we're missing some key pieces and guess what? We don't have four star guys coming up the ranks to fill in. Nope. We have walk-ons, two stars, and possibly three star guys walking, <laughs> walking in there and trying to step up and play. So don't give me that garbage. It's just because you're being out coached and outplayed. And, uh, yeah, that's, it's it's just truly a lot of fun to watch this defense play. And, man, it's almost like it gives you a sense of peace, doesn't it? I mean, having a great defense like that that could go along with – and, of course, it's the year, Dave, where we have this out-of-this-mind defense for Mike Leach and the offense is still yet to really click.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I You know, we do need to give some more uh, credit to the defense in our game predictions because oh, you and I, I think both – had a, a higher-ish scoring game. Right. Um, and we shut them out um, until pretty much halfway from the second quarter on through the rest of the game. Yep. Um, defense played phenomenal. And they got close a few times, I felt like, um, where, you know, Royce had a couple of, uh, he had a, at least one big run, I remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, Burmeister is pretty quick and seemed to have um, some pretty close um, plays to, to break in a big one, but kind of had a shoestring tackle here and there to save it. Um, But I kept thinking, well, this is my prediction was kind of, um, you know, they get a lot of carries and they'll have at least one big home run play because the Ducks just recruit four, four guys across the board, at every position. It feels like they're going to have one big home run hitter. And we kind of bottled that up for the whole game. Um, and even though they were on a a true freshman quarterback, I still was pretty impressed by that. The defense has been playing really well. We're now number eleven overall um in total defense. Um our past defense has been phenomenal. Um and people are talking up Alex Grinch again. Oregon State in a really weird, I've never really seen a coach do that before, just walked Um, away from his contract and Cook Center had an article about Alex Grinch possibly taking that job. I really do not see that happening, um, but Alex Grinch um, is just getting talked and talked about. I really wish people would talk more about how the Husky defensive coordinators are going to get hired away somewhere else. That would ease my my uh, my stress a little bit with Alex Grinch. But it seems like he's he's becoming a really hot hot candidate there. Um. Well, what would you see from the offense? You felt like it wasn't quite clicking. Was there something? What do you feel like the Cougs need to do to be firing just, all cylinders? I
0: just don't know. I just can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know if if it's if it's on Luke or if it's on the receivers. Mm-hmm. There's just, but there and it could be both. It honestly could be both because there's been plenty of times where we've seen open receivers, Luke doesn't see them, and. He misses it, and he hangs on to the ball, hangs on to the ball, and down it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's been times where Luke's trying to look one way, look a couple different ways, and there's just nobody open. Yeah. So I just think there's just a mix of – and there's also was well, a couple points in the game, Dave, where the receivers and Luke weren't on the same page. Like Luke thought they were going to stop in a zone, and they kept running, and he threw it behind him, or um, he underthrew a couple times. So there, there, there are moments, and I still think that Luke's trying to figure these guys out a little bit. He's the one that hasn't been throwing to these receivers for very, you know, for very long. He's, he's used to the Robert, uh, Robert Lewis's and the Gay Marks and the River craycrafts He's been thrown to all his career, you know, and so he's kind of got a new cast of guys, um, and and I still think he's trying to find his way through that. Um, but you know what, he obviously Luke's going to be Luke and he's going to find ways to, to get the ball downfield. And he threw some beautiful balls this weekend and man, that, that ball thrown right after the interception to, um, I, I, believe it was, uh, Johnson Mack into the end zone on the post route over the middle was fantastic. Um, it was a ball down to, to Kyle Sweet going down the, down the, um, the seam route down the hash marks. Uh, there was some just fantastic balls thrown. There was one ball. Remember that, Dave, uh, there was a ball thrown over the middle. It was, a little, it was a deep crossing route, and Luke just placed it so perfectly right over the top of the uh, linebacker and right in front of the safety, and the linebacker tried to go up and knock it down, but it was just over his fingertips, and it just could not have been more perfect. So there was just so many moments in that game where Luke just looked so good, and uh, I think he's – He's starting to get a lot of confidence, and we just saw a ton of balls being thrown down the field. How great was that to see?
1: Uh, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, it definitely felt like the defense is firing on all cylinders, um, but the offense still hasn't really had that game where they've, um, you know, been completely clicking. Uh, and There still seems like there's some drop passes, um, that fumble uh, by Renard Bell, which was a great, incredible play. I think it was by Troy Dye on, on his back on the ground and somehow slap the ball loose otherwise that might have been a touchdown Um, but just kind of missing each other it just feels like it didn't really feel like a well-oiled machine um, opposed when the defense is on the field it just kind of felt like they were everywhere and it felt like we were actually unbelievably we were somehow faster than the Oregon Ducks which is a sentence I maybe never thought I would say um, because Oregon, I just have nightmares of Oregon's quarterbacks running so fast that l- our corners couldn't couldn't keep up with them. Um, and just wide receivers burning us, and Kenyon Barner burning us, D'Anthony Thomas burning us, LaMichael James, LeGarrette Blount, whoever it is. And to be faster and be shutting down um, their skill positions, that felt really good. And the other surprising thing, Kurt, that I was surprised by, I think you were surprised to learn, I saw online someone commented on some article that also had that as a question, is that Hercules Mata'afa is a junior. For some reason, yeah, I awesome? thought he was a senior. That is so awesome. That is so good because he is that kind of – he's kind of a tweener a little bit for the NFL. You know, he gets uh, a lot of flack for his size being 250-ish pounds. Um, you know, what's he going to be in the NFL? So you know he's probably going to stick around. Um at, at WSU for his senior year. Um, and he's just a monster. His first step is so good. And he just, he always seems to have one play in a game where he just flattens the quarterback or the running back. I'm not sure who it's, you know, whoever it's going to be. Right. But at some point in the game, Hercules doesn't get touched on a block and flattens someone. And so there's a lot of, there's a little bit of, of talk, um, I think early on the season. Yeah. You know, that uh, WC is not going to be that good next year. Um, that we're going to no no going to lose Falk. The offense is really going to struggle. Um, I like Helensky, and we have Mataafa on defense. Now it's just one man, but he is a wrecking ball. Right. And so I, I feel pretty excited for the future um, of, of Cougar football, uh, and especially with Jihad Woods and Hunter Dale. Uh, kudos to him. Right. Uh, he had a game – high, I think like 10 tackles, um, and Jahad Woods is playing really, really well. That's got to be the most, one of the most valuable players on our defense in the sense of what he was replacing. I mean, you you and I both, or you in particular, are a big Peyton Palluer fan. Oh, yeah. What he brought is a redshirt senior middle linebacker, just the leadership, and he's a great player, and to lose that, that was a big blow. Um, and Jahad Woods had that good game against USC. He had some misses at times but you were hopeful could this be it was it was it just flash in a pan and he played really well against Oregon right. um it was there i'm not sure there's a better feeling real i mean I, I shouldn't say it maybe embellish that too much it was just an incredible feeling to sing the cougar fight song in Austin. Yeah, and it's such a good kind feeling. of just feel like you own the stadium it's like so awesome. i was just yelling as loud as i could hands raised in the air victoriously i just felt like we owned the place like it was just or, Cougs were the ones cheering or, seemingly the whole time, especially the second half. Um that felt incredible. Or, I wish there was even more Cougs there to get to feel that because Otson, it does have a great game day atmosphere. I could I could see how incredibly hard that place would be to play when they were a top five team. It feels like the the crowd's right on the field. It gets really loud. They also though, Kurt, they do some bogus, I think a little bit. Some yeah. bogus thing with their music and with their lights. Oh yeah, you didn't like, like you didn't like that at all. I didn't like. I mean, on third down they get hyped. You didn't like, but that. I felt like they play that joke. You and did the Thief not song, like that sick. at all. They play that so loud though. They're which that one? Music is which as loud as which the music? The Joker and the Thief for third down. Oh you yeah, know, they do that. They hear the bass coming. Right. Um. That's what the song is called, Joker and the Thief, um, by something Wolf. I wish I could remember their name. Um. But. They play that every third down. They get everyone pumped, and the fans are loud. But the music, I felt like, was as loud as the fans were. I almost felt like they were doubling the noise with that. And then on third down, they would play like strobe lights flashing, like on the score, on the right. the, you know, the advertisements on the side, which would mess with you as a quarterback. I feel like before you take, you know, trying to take pre-snap, um, you know, you're reading, and then you get you get a strobe light uh, kind of thrown at you. It didn't matter. Okay, it didn't matter. But it was just such. A good feeling to just watch Duck fans subdued to watch the Cougs be faster um, and then to sing um, the fight song and then to, and then to have a go Cougs chant um, that was the on best the part. way out of the stadium that
0: was the best part I felt like yeah. walking out of there with the go Cougs I felt like it was rumbling throughout the entire <laughs> yeah. stadium yeah that was awesome and then walking down on the road and still hearing it up in the stadium that was awesome <laughs> So that was that was an incredible time. Hey, you know what? One week put in the books. You got another yep. one coming up though, Dave. And this one is still not not an easy one on the road. I, anybody can get you in the Pac-12. I feel like, and we got the one. We've already played the one team that's pretty much a desolate bottom feeder, and that's Oregon State. But now everybody else, I think, in the rest of the Pac-12, we're gonna face. Dave, they could come up and bite you at any moment, especially on the road and on a short week. This is going to be a tough one with the Cow Bears this weekend, Friday night, seven thirty kickoff. I mean, yeah, we're favored by thirteen and a half. I don't think we're going to cover that, Dave. Uh, Oops, I think this I'm is betting me be over. A- you are, huh? Yeah. You're you're going over. (laughs) Holy cow.
1: I'm just a pessimistic
0: guy then, I guess, man. Jeez. Jeez. I I, I thought, man, this is going to be – I don't know why I always think every week we're going into it. Man, this is going to be a tough one this week, man. This is going to be real tough. Sure enough, we've been able to pull it out. But uh, I just feel (laughs) like every time, bro, that we just – Go into to, to these games, and I'm just nervous as y'all get out. I think they're actually better than what they actually are. And, you know, I guess this offense is pretty bad, though, for Cal. They're struggling. They just got absolutely demolished by UW. And uh, I'm really kind of curious to see how our offense bounces back against their defense this year. So, and obviously, those couple wins that they've had earlier this season over a couple of different teams, Ole Miss, um, NC, you know North Carolina, both those teams have been brutal this year. So I guess those wins aren't really that good.
1: The the Bears have lost um, three in a row uh, to Pac-12 opponents, and just overall three in a row. But they lost to USC by ten, and that was kind of when we were thinking, oh maybe maybe Cal is uh, you know a lot better than we thought because they were I think three and zero at that point and lost to USC. USC is just not as good as we had originally thought. They got blown out by Oregon um, when they saw their starting quarterback. Um, and Or actually, in that game, they lost their quarterback, I should say. They lost um, both
0: their quarterbacks still.
1: Yeah, that was brutal for them. And then um, number six, Washington, beat them 38-7. And Washington's a very physical uh, team. But number eight, Washington State, is also, Curtis, a very physical team. We're going to come in there. It is a short week. It's on the road, which... You're always fearful of. Pac-12, I do feel like someone's going to bite us. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't really feel confident that we're going to make it all the way to the Apple Cup undefeated. Um, that would but be absolutely, absolutely
0: incredible. Don't,
1: I don't think Cal is very good. Okay, Their quarterback, um, Bowers, has nine passing touchdowns and eight interceptions. Our quarterback has 19 passing touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, I, I don't think we have to do anything... Fancy to scheme for anything in particular. I think we just do what we've been doing. We just play, um, you know, how we play football. I don't feel like you have to go out of your way for any one player on this Cal team defensively or offensively to right. really be wary of. Even even you kind of do that with Oregon State with with uh, Ryan Nall, the running back. You know, to be to be wary of that. I, I don't see anyone that really intimidates me um, on this Cal team, and I I think we go in. I think we blow them out. I think we beat them by twenty one points. Um and uh, we notch it. it. It does feel like it could be a bit of a trap game in the sense that there was a lot of hype going into Oregon. In the sense that it's still Oregon, they were just ranked. It's our first road game. We're kind of focused on that. Now we have a short week on the road again to a team that we think we should roll. Right. That's that to me is kind of a trap game. It's the week after a big game on a team that you sh- you should beat. Um. But you know what? You know what, Curtis. It's yeah. WSU's year, all right. This is oh this is our gosh. year. Okay, we have paid our dues for a long, long time, and we have definitely paid the pipe when it came to Cal missing that field goal a few years ago. Yeah. When we we're at that game, and now it's our year, and we're not going to get tripped up by a terrible Cal team on the road on a short week. We're just going to play Cougar football. We're going to shut down their passing attacks. Our defense is awesome. And their their defense is not very good at all right um, and uh, I, I see Luke Falk having a pretty easy game here. Um, we'll get the W walk in walk out um, and so I'm, I'm I'm thinking well I'll give you the chance to talk a little bit um, because I want to hear your score prediction um, because you're feeling a little bit more nervous um, uh, about things being a short uh, like. yeah do you have thoughts on what might you know it might end end up being?
0: Well, for one thing, Dave, I also agree that this is our year. Because you know what I did today? I just bought two airline tickets to San Jose for December thirty first for December first. So, if you don't know, that's actually the Pac twelve <laughs> championship game on December first, and I just bought two airline tickets today. So. Ooh. Well, uh, you know
1: what? It's gonna be either us or dub that goes. Yeah, and yeah, it's we have been pretty pessimistic about the Apple Cup. I know, and so it's gonna be bad. We if the Apple Cup. It, you had sell to sell those tickets to someone else in Seattle. So. I know. Well, yeah, but
0: it is on that. News. You can't sell those tickets. I know. Well, well it there. is on Southwest Airlines now, and I guess oh, you can keep them. the yeah, you just Southwest keep bucks. keep yeah, get the uh, keep the bucks. So let's um, get
1: Southwest to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, that exactly. Was a good, plug for them.
0: good, good. So, but anyways. Yeah, I I, uh, I did that, and I also think this year could be the year of Washington State. Last year was the year of UW, so, um, you know, I think this year is going to be still a tough, tough, tough go for the rest of this for the rest of this season. You're going to really start getting into the meat of this conference schedule pretty soon here, Dave. So, but um, but but more specifically for this weekend, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a grinder, man. I just think it's going to be a, a grinder week on the road. Short week. Um, cows going to Cal's on the tipping point, right? They're, they're trying to fight for, um, their bowl season. Um, their ball, their, their bowl hopes. And I think this is just their, their moment for them to, to throw everything in the kitchen sink at, at the Washington state Cougars this week to try to make sure that they write this ship. Right. And, uh, Cooks are actually going to come out on top. They're going to win by 10. So they're not So the the Cougs are not going to cover the spread, but uh they're going to win by two scores. So um you're probably going to be looking I was, I was going to say you're going to be looking at a 35 Oh uh, no, I want to say a 34-24 win over the Cal Bears.
1: Is it 35-24? Is that right? That here no, right? No, 34-24. 34 24, that keeps yeah. you 10 points spread. Okay, I said Coogs will win by 21, and I felt uh, too timid with that. Honestly, I am going to say. Jeez, it's I wish I had the confidence you did. Washington <laughs> oh, State. Oh, my God. I'm tired of counting out this defense. Honestly, I feel like every time we're, you know, we, and I imagine a lot of other fans are stuck in the past. On Washington State defense, because usually it's just been a total pushover. And with Mike Leach, a lot of his defenses, it's always been, you know, talking more about the offense, not the defense. The defense is the one lagging behind. The Cougars are averaging just shy of 40 points a game. We're allowing 18 and a half points a game. I think we beat both of those. I think we score more than we average, going 42, and I think we hold them to less than we average, I'm going 17. Cal, um, for comparison, uh, they score 24 points on average a game, so Kurt, you got that going for you. And they allow just shy of 30 points per game. Uh, so you're kind of closer to what you think Cal's averages will be. Um, when I'm a little bit closer, to that, I think what the Cougs' averages are going to be. Uh, I, I, I'm feeling really good. I think this is going to be a game by the third quarter that we'll be putting back. We'll be putting back. Holy the, cow! I we'll be having.
0: <laughs> I thought I was used we'll to the hot takes here. Defensive
1: players in. Uh, have Justice Jeez. Rogers, who um, was was playing uh, pretty decent against Oregon, he'll get some playing time for maybe the whole fourth quarter. Um, I wouldn't even be shocked, and I would like to see even some more Halinsky just to keep Falk safe. Um, so I, I'm I'm not I'm not worried an ounce, Kurt, about this Jeez. game. You, well, you can I take guess, it to the bank.
0: I guess I felt, uh, gosh, I feel like a wuss now. <laughs> Jeez that uh, uh, your
1: words not mine. Oh uh,
0: man. Well, I hope I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope this is <laughs> uh, I hope this is essentially a bye week for us and it sounds like so it will more be. like a Oregon State game. Uh because we're going to need it. Uh we're like I just mentioned though, Dave, we're going to head into the meat of our schedule here. So uh Yeah, I think I think this will be good and then and then, yeah, and then you're back at home. And you got Colorado, not, yeah. not 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 a bad team, not 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 great, or maybe even good, but they're middle of the pack. they they've still yet to win a Pac twelve game, which is crazy. I don't know if there's ever been a Pac twelve championship and not win a, and then be shut out in Pac twelve games the following year. Well, not Pac-12, not Pac twelve champion, but a team that was in the Pac twelve championship and won the South. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's ever really been a team that much of a turnaround.
1: Okay, so speaking of never punting, um, that okay, so Arizona and Colorado played each other um, last week. It was an incredible game to watch. Typical Pac-12, 45-42 sh- shootout. Colorado lost. Arizona punted one time in that game. Their quarterbacks, woo baby, Khalil Tate and Brandon Just Dawkins. Just a stud. Um, Khalil Tate threw for 154 on a touchdown, And he ran for an unreal 327 yards and four touchdowns. He averaged over 20 yards a carry. Um, And Brandon Dawkins had four carries for 17 yards himself. Uh, That is pretty unreal. Um, Arizona State, Rich Rod, when they have a running quarterback, they can do some damage. Um, That could be a game. Later for the Cougs, that could be pretty difficult. Um We'll see. I don't know. I don't think you can continue that trend to bank on your quarterback rushing for 300 yards. But, quick shout-out. That team almost never punted and had some pretty unreal success. So, uh good on them. Quick shout-out to Arizona.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just a huge, huge win for Arizona. I think that's a huge win for Rich Rod, too, because he had to, I thought felt like he was on one of the hottest seats in the Pac-12 this, this year, Dave. Yeah. And... uh that win might have saved it for him. Um, he's an interesting. We're going to play Arizona later this year too, so uh, that could be um, that could be an interesting ball game. We all know how we, well we do against um, running quarterbacks, but uh, this might be the year where the defense well, finally steps yeah. up. So this year we've been
1: shutting them down, yeah. but typically we struggle playing in Arizona.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is Tucson is also. A really, I wouldn't say a tough place to play, it, but there's just some funkiness that happens down there in the desert, I, and that's yeah. one of the things. I don't that know
1: if is, is it, is it. Are we overthinking it when we say like possibly I mean, a cold Pullman? You know, at the at the end of the month, going to a warm Tucson, that that just seems to just set the players into just a weird funk. Is that is that a real thing, or is is that just some sort of narrative that you know uh, journalists make up as an excuse for why teams lose?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, Dave. Uh, I think you'd be concerned for Washington as well, though, this weekend.
1: Well, they went to overtime with Arizona yeah. last year. Well, they went—they're they're
0: going to Arizona State this weekend, which is also another team they haven't beaten in two decades down there. So, uh, I mean, that's just going to be an interesting matchup. Washington probably will win. My question to you, though, Dave, is—is is who's going to be the first one to trip up? Is it going to be Washington State or is it going to be Washington?
1: Uh, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Washington State.
0: Yeah, I would have to agree.
1: But I also have to say that th- <laughs> that cupcake like segment that, that ESPN not great did or what? was one of the funniest things I've seen, but also one of the most outlandish things I've seen. I ESPN looks so fragile for doing that. Like one coach calls them out. Whatever coaches complain all the time about all sorts of things. Chris Peterson's uh, all pissed off about late games that you know UW has to. Play in well. We've got one coming for WCU as well, but but then UW went out of their way during the game to put cupcakes on the side of the field right. about how bad their out of conference has been. Well, you know what? I'm I'm not here to defend UW necessarily because it was a bad out of conference, but that was scheduled like five years ago. Um, and if you go undefeated and, and, and as a Power Five team, you go to the playoffs. So regardless, regardless, I I just I don't see you know.
0: Even a one even, a one, even a one team winning, gonna,
1: all he, the power five conferences aren't going to have an undefeated team. Someone's going to trip up, right? You possibly, you know, whatever. Maybe is it, I don't even know if it's possible. Four of them could do it at this point. Um, but if UW goes undefeated, they're going to the playoffs. Even a if one, Washington State pulls a miracle and does that, they're going to the playoffs, right? Um, if if USC bounces back in the South and they knock off UW in the championship game, or possibly WSU, then there's probably no Pac twelve, um, you know. Uh, re- representative to the playoffs because UW might end with the, as the strongest, but they've played such a weak schedule and the pack has been down that they they won't go because of it. But that that was a ridiculous segment. I I can see why UW fans be salty. I'd be salty about that as a WC fan, but it's also really funny. It's kind of it's, it's kind of ridiculous. It's hilarious. It yeah. was
0: absolutely hilarious. I <laughs> I just love how ESPN went to that level. Too. They like, really they
1: just, did not like that. No, I don't they, understand why. Which they is were funny so upset, because they though.
0: didn't even call ESPN out. They just made a statement about the late games in general, mm-hmm. and about the late times. It was it had nothing to do with ESPN, and ESPN took that extremely personal.
1: And Kirk Herbstreit did too. Yeah, to which is
0: unfortunate because he's one of my favorite guys on that network, and uh, he looked pretty dumb by saying what he said. Like, it's like yeah, that's why, pretty why
1: even why even like give your time a day to do that? Because you kind of stoop to the lower the the level of the complainers and even below that by by doing it. It was just it was just I had never seen anything like that during the game to to actually be like, hey, you know what we're gonna do for the UW game? Go to the Safeway down the way. Buy some cupcakes. I got I got a plan. Like I'm gonna. So I'm gonna make great. fun of U Dub during their game in a ridiculous way. Granted, I mean, granted. Okay, yeah.
0: well, one thing I could def- be, you know, at defense here is that guy that has done that sideline skit. He's done something like that for every Friday or every night this year on the sidelines. <laughs> like that's his thing. He You're had like the, he had like a Swiss cheese thing when he was doing the uh, Colorado, um, UCLA game, and he was making fun of the UCLA's defense like Swiss cheese. Like it was he was he was clowning on them, so granted, yeah, I won't uh I, you know it's funny, I thought it was hilarious, and a lot of husky fans took it pretty personal, but it's something he's kind of done in the past, but I, I guess watching that whole entire broadcast, ESPN was all over u dub and Chris Peterson and they were clowning on him the entire time so
1: yeah it, it was it was interesting interesting weekend, I guess, in the Northwest in that sense. I mean, the yeah. teams are still undefeated. One team gets made fun of. Um, and WSU getting some respect, getting bumped ahead of Auburn. Number eight, eight number eight. That's pretty crazy. Some people even rank WSU higher than UW. I would not do that, um, but that was on some people's ballots. Um, Kurt, you know I'm feeling good about this weekend. You're also feeling decently good, 10-point ten, uh, ten prediction. Um, but I think uh, I think it's time to wrap this bad boy yep, up. Yep, it
0: certainly uh, is. Um, never pump podcast. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it, Dave?
1: I like it. I'm a fan. Hey, that's. I feel like maybe we should end the show with that. Yes. And as always, never punt.
0: Never punt. That's right. Always go out swinging, baby. Hey, um, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on uh, Twitter as well. Dave, we'll talk next week about uh, maybe a blowout Cougs win and uh, and uh, pre- prepping up for the Seahawks. They're going to be on the on the bye week this week. So we're going to be talking to a lot of Cougs next week on that victory at Cal, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, you got it. You I know love it.
0: it. All right. Well, everybody have a great night. We'll talk to you next week.